what to do, where to eat, and people you should know. This is National Lifestyles, the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nashville Lifestyles, the podcast. I am your editor and host, Allison Abby Hudak. Thank you so much for joining us today. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about our sponsors. We could not do this without them. But first, I want to introduce our very special guest, an icon, a legend, a Nashville resident, Peter Frampton. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. I'm pleased to be here with you. First, I wanted to just talk about, obviously, about Frampton Forgets the Words, because there's so many great songs on here, and it's such a great mix. So I wanted to first talk about the decision to make the album, but then also how you picked the songs. It all revolves around uh, my diagnosis, basically. That's um, uh, in uh, 2000 and. 18, we, we had come off the tour with uh, Steve, uh, Steve Miller, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd done two summers of us, you know, co-headlining, which was phenomenal. And, and I got this, uh, this blues bug from Steve again, because he would have me up and we'd do like two or three blues numbers in his act after we played, mm-hmm. I, I played, you know. So that's when, by the end of the tour, it was like October, and I said... Uh, Okay, guys, on the bus back to Nashville, I said, let's take, you know, 10 days off and and then meet at my studio. Let's do a blues album. So uh, that's when we we all made long lists of blues stuff. And we did over 50 blues tracks live in the studio. So we chose All Blues, which was the album prior, uh, to forget the words. Um, we, We did that... And we have another one in the can, full album oh my of blues. Um, because I, my, my MO was, okay, I know what I've got. I know I now have an IBM clock. Mm-hmm. And I have, we all have two clocks right now, our life clock and our COVID clock. Right. But I have, I have the, um, uh, the IBM clock as well. And so the longer I can't play due to COVID, it fights against my, my uh, IBM clock in a way, you know. So I thought, let's just go in and, and, and record as much as we can before we have to go and do the finale tour, So, which was, you know, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so weird because it seems like we've skipped a year right. totally. You know, 2020 and unfortunately like it, it flew by. Yeah, yeah, it felt like it never happened because it was so quick and so nothing, not none of us doing our usual things. Exactly. So anyway, uh, once we'd finished two blues albums <laughs> um, <laughs> <Casual>. <laughs> um, and released. Well, no, we hadn't released it yet. But so I said, OK, um, I want to do another instrumental album with my band and we were so well oiled from uh uh from from the whole year of touring Mm -hmm. so it was so wonderful to just get back in the studio and we were really in tune with each other you know Mm -hmm. and um so i said well um so i don't have to write which would take too much time why don't we do a uh, like we did on the blues album, let's do a covers, 
instrumental record this time because um, I we did fingerprints instrumental mm -hmm. uh, you know years ago when when that was all new stuff uh, apart from one and um, I said I said you know let's make our lists again and we all made lists and I just went through all of all of my lists and their lists and just went through everything and found the songs and played along to them and just worked out which one spoke to me mm -hmm. as far, far as what I could do that would be a trip, a good tribute, not just a version, mm -hmm. <laughs> but a, I, I, I put version and then tribute is above that. It's got to reach tribute level, yep. you know, <laughs> and, and it's the OCD. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, so, we recorded more than enough from for an instrumental album and so um that's how this came about and and we didn't stop there we we had another two two or three weeks off and right up until we started rehearsing uh early may um uh uh, before the uh, rehearsing for the finale tour, mm -hmm. we went in and did. I uh, I was so inspired by all this work we'd done. I started writing again, so we did half a dozen numbers for my next solo record. These these two, uh, the blues album albums and, and the instrumental album is PFB Peter Frampton Band mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we were all such a part of this, you know. And um, it just was so great to work with my band in the studio for the very first time, you know. Wow. Oh, and um, we killed it, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of us, you know. And so so there's half a, a, um, a solo album there. And, I, of course, I've been writing during COVID. Uh, and sometimes it, it's weird, but... Sometimes I'm very inspired during COVID, and then there's the other times where you go into the slump. Yep. And like we all do, and there's, it's like write a song. I don't. What about right, right. <laughs> COVID? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, so you know, it, it's been up and down. Uh, I think a, a lot of creative people have. Um, have had these ups and downs like we as human beings have. Yeah. You know? So it, it's affected all of us, not just artists, you know, obviously. Well, you certainly found ways to multitask during that process. Jeez, I, I feel um, slightly incompetent in comparison. No. <laughs> it was just, it, it was just, uh, once we got, go, once we started on the blues thing, the energy level was so high mm -hmm. and we wouldn't record every day. We'd do like, Two days on, day off. Two days on, day off. So that we, uh, we were, we didn't work ourselves to death because it was coming so easily and everyone needs a break. Um, you know, once you've been playing, you know, uh, I don't know, 10 hours a day, you know, for two days and then you need a break, you know. So it was, uh, it was very timely. And very well planned, you know. Mm -hmm. These are things I've learnt over 50 years or more of recording. <laughs> <laughs> the lessons that come with a, a lifelong career. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and it's got to be a, 
a different dynamic, a, a great dynamic and a chemistry to have the band in the studio and all be together in the process. Um, and, and that's also got to be a shift when you, when you go back to doing the solo stuff, sort of the, the change in recording and, and coming up with the material. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, um, uh, the blues, uh, I mean, 90% of the blues and, uh, forgets the words, uh, are done all live. Me playing the solo with the band, the melody, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the blues album it showed, and on the, it's like you're capturing a live performance, but in a studio con- uh, conditions, which are perfect um but no audience and but our audience was ourselves because after each take we go wow man that was cool (laughs) you know it was so great to have the band in the studio but i will i'm not going to say i won't use the band but i think i would and i have done on half the app well six of the tracks whether they'll all make it i don't know (laughs) um but but there's in nashville I don't have to tell you, there are a plethora of incredible musicians. Mm -hmm. So, and I know a lot of them. And so I just want to mix it up now and just create different, but it'll be done in the same fashion, um, you know, recording live in the studio, singing um, with the, with whoever I choose. So it'll be banned for the day, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, these guys are so used to jumping on it, you know, and doing, you know, five tracks a day, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so it'll be, um, it'll be very, very interesting, um, to finish off the, uh, the, the solo album as well. Do you, had you finished the the farewell tour did you have to cut the the end short because of covid we finished the america uh, american canadian uh, portion um in october we finished um where everything started for me in san francisco mm-hmm. for obvious reasons where frantic comes alive was recorded yeah and i we planned that you know that that would be the last day so yes yeah, so we finished the american canada portion and then we were supposed to go in May, uh, April and May, I think, to Europe. Mm. And, of course, that was shut down in March. So um, we, the, the funny thing was we had all, well, I had left in my calendar on my computer all the European dates. Oh. And so every day it would come up and say, no. you are in Manchester. No. You are in Paris. And I'd go, and then when it got to the um, Albert Hall, I called all the band and we all cried together because mm. we wanted to play the Albert Hall. I've never, I played the Albert Hall with other people, but never as a solo artist. Oh. And, and this was my dream, you know, to, to, to say goodbye in England, in London. Yeah. Uh, Cause there were other, other British dates, obviously, and Scottish. And, um, so yes, that was the saddest day, I think, but we all commiserated and, and uh yeah so and we have we have band zooms crew zooms you know band and crew zooms so in fact we're having one tonight so we're going to catch up 
Oh, that's fun. That's that's a great yeah. way to I mean, you know, it's it's almost as good as playing not, but you know, it's it's gotta be great to see everybody and to like you said, to commiserate. Yes, exactly. And uh you know, it's it's been the core crew and band has been the same for a long time, many years and and um and even if they joined over the last couple of years, they've become family. And uh, it is we call it, you know, um the Frampton the Frampton family of of crew and band and um I love them all you know mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that they're friends for life and and we just want to get back and work together and I have to consider the reality of that and and um as we get to the point where things are safe again I have to do a self-inventory of my playing you know and see if i want to go out um because i've always said that i really don't want to be the guy that goes out and says you know well my playing's not as good and people come and the audience and then you hear people say yeah he's definitely not as good as he was but it's good to see him you know right i don't want that (laughs) yeah not me that's not me at all i'm the perfectionist uh, and as good as uh, my level of playing is, uh, I, I owe my audience to be at my best. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't think I can, I would be able to go out if it was painfully obvious that things were different. Yeah, I was lucky um, that the finale we chose the day I said to my manager Ken Levitan here in town. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, uh, we were in New York shopping uh, publishers for the book, and um, and I had just come back from a vacation after a tour finished with my daughter Mia. Um, from we went to Hawaii for a week mm-hmm. for a, a, a daughter, a father daughter trip, which we I try and do it with each of them, you know, whenever I can. I love that. And and um, we had rented a, a sailboat with a captain and everything for the last day, you know, just to go for a two, three hour, three hour cruise. <laughs> and you made it home. <laughs> and we, but we did make it home. But as we docked, I fell on the boat. Oh my God. And if, if, uh, I fell on the wire that goes all the way around a sailboat mm. and I broke bones in my spine, in my back. Wow. Yeah. So when I got to New York, um, I flew straight, virtually straight to New York from from there. Dropped off some stuff in Nashville on the way, then then went up to New York for the uh, to interview with with uh, publishers. And I just we were in a cab, and I was in agony. <laughs> and you know, you know, New York cabs. Right. And, and I'm helpful. sitting next to Ken, and I'm going, Ken. I think we ought to be careful what we book next because mm-hmm. I was ready to do. My first co-headline tour with Alice Cooper, who's been my friend for years, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful man, and his wife, oh, dear friends, and um, and so he said, well, we should make it the farewell tour, um, and then you can make it as long as you want, mm-hmm. but I think if that's the way you feel, and it was so right, my gut is right, 
I know when I have to do certain things, luckily now, not like the old, old, old days mm. when I was relying on other people to make decisions for me. Yeah. But I've learned over the years how to plan my life, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and or hopefully, you know, you mm -hmm. can't plan, but 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 certain parts of it you can or feel an, uh, uh, a desire that's that comes from it. It definitely comes from my stomach. It's like when I think about something. I, I listen to how does that did it turn over there mm -hmm. or you know it's like <laughs> literally um, trusting your gut it literally trusting my gut and and when he said let's make it the finale tour I felt this huge relief mm -hmm. uh, because I had the previous year I'd fallen twice on stage three weeks apart <sighs> first time was very funny we all, you know, everyone say he's fallen and he can't get up, you know, that that commercial. Right. And um, <laughs> but the second time wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's when I went to the neurologist on a break when we came back to Nashville for 10 days on that tour. And that must have been. Well, must have been 2000. And it was four years before I, I notified everybody. Wow. Uh, because there was no need to tell anybody at that point because yeah. it wasn't affecting anything mm -hmm. uh, except I had to be careful to stand up. <laughs> yeah, just that, um, just a minor. <laughs> so yeah, just a minor thing, but um, it it wasn't uh, it wasn't affecting my hands at that point. So, yeah. but once I got the diagnosis, I realized that it was uh, this was uh, in my future, and I knew what I had in store. It's, I mean, and not to to go too deep into this, but it, it has got to be for someone who's the the cruel irony of for someone whose hands are so. It's what you do. It's it's yeah. gotta have been tough to sort of come to terms with it and, and think about what the the new normal is or the next steps are and and how that all looks. Yes, yes, it's it's a. Uh... That's obviously very frustrating, um, um, but I am—I'm the the eternal optimist. Mm. But being being such an optimist, I, I've already—I've started a film company. Um, just uh, Rob, my Rob Arthur, my keyboard player and band leader, is a phenomenal painter artist, and he's got that that the visual thing down i have and he has the audio down but i i mean i audio is my thing right and visuals is his so we're a great team we're partners in it and um uh, we've been doing all our videos ourselves oh, wow. and uh, they've turned out really well um especially the last two reckoner and uh, avalon if you haven't seen them yet you should go to YouTube, my, my YouTube channel. Get in tune with Nashville's only upscale resort water experience, Sound Waves. This is where music and water meet, where you can soak up the sounds while you soak up some rays. This is how you can tune in or tune out and immerse yourself in a world of pure indulgence. Chill vibe or thrill ride, surfs up or float on by. This is what you've been dreaming of. This is Sound Waves at Gaylord Opryland. Book today at soundwavesgo.com. Such a great... I, I hate when people say the next act or the next chapter. But, I, I mean, that's such a great 
segue, not segue, but a, a, a great move to make for someone who is an artist. I mean, it, to, to just, to be able to transition into a new use of your creativity and, and art makes, I don't know, it just, to me, it's, it, it makes it sound like such a, an easier way to sort of shift your life a little bit from a little bit from what you've known. Um, but at least to be able to keep flexing the, the creative muscle and knowing that that that's not going to end. And, and songwriting's not going to end. Singing's right, not right. going to end. You know, I mean, I can always write a song. Um, uh, even if I, even if I tell somebody what to play, you right. know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That won't be exciting for me to, <laughs> to have to have somebody else play it. But, but, you know, um, songwriting is important to me too. So, you know, but of course playing is, has always been the most important thing to me. So, you know, but I got to, my, my kids always say, dad, how come you, the little things that don't bother us really bother you. <laughs> but the big things that bother us never bother you. And um, I said, I don't know. Thank goodness I'm that way. Yes. Um, especially now. Yeah. I you mean, know. if I could, ha if I could have a, a, a small ounce of that, I would be very happy uh, because I am, I'm bothered by all things. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to talk a little bit with you about Nashville before I let you go, because, yes. um, first of all, what brought you here in the first place? I mean, I love that we have such a, a rock presence in Nashville. And I think people don't realize that sometimes mm -hmm. they, they see country and they don't realize that we really have an amazing rock and roll community here. Oh, yes. Um, uh, the reason that I came here... <clears throat> was twofold um we had we were living in um uh, uh my ex-wife and i and mia were living in um los angeles in 94 we had the the horrible the huge earthquake mm, uh -huh. where the you know buildings collapsed on people and and um i was out of town that day and New York on the radio, and it came through um, on the news. They came into the control room with the news saying, it's just been a 7.0 earthquake in, in uh, L.A. I said, I think I have to leave. Yeah. And so I went back and dealt with that. And then um, when I got home, everyone was in their car. outside. They'd pulled their cars out of the garages. And was, was, we were in Bel Air, and, and my wife was in the car. Oh, and gosh. sleeping in the car. And so when I got back at midnight that day, um, uh, she rolled down the window and I said, before you say anything, I know we're moving. <laughs> so um, then we moved to, because my two of my kids were uh, uh, living in Los Angeles with their mother, mm. uh, I didn't want to move too far, so we went to Phoenix. Mm. We went there for a year, loved Phoenix, uh, um, uh, Scottsdale. We went, we lived on a golf course there for about a year and it was too hot. <laughs> and uh, you need, you need a summer place yeah. when you live in Scottsdale. <laughs> so it's beautiful. I miss the sunsets. I miss, I miss the winters there. Mm -hmm. But then my, my, um, 
publishing company uh, called me up and said, um, dear friend there, called me up and said, what would you think about going to Nashville to, you know, for a week or 10 days and, and um, you know, trying out writing with some of the great writers in Nashville? And I said, oh, my God, that sounds like a great idea. And as I left uh, the house, um, my wife at the time said, and I hope you like Nashville. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, uh, after about three or four days... I was just in love with Nashville because I met so many great musicians, so many writers. Um, I loved the area. Mm -hmm. I loved the people. And it was just a small, a small big town, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. You know, and um, and so we moved here. I mean, as soon as we could and uh, lived in Brentwood, you know in a cookie-cutter house to start with, and, um, and down there in a, in a community. Uh-huh. And, um, and then, um, you know, things unfortunately changed. Um, we had a, a, a death in the family, so I, and my ex-wife's family was from uh, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So I said, it's okay. I know we need to be near Grandma now, because mm-hmm. so, Granddad died. So... Uh, we moved up there, and then after I got divorced, um, I moved back mm-hmm. here because I missed it so much. It, it really, and I've been here for like ten years now. So it's such a it's such a welcoming town, and it's so I've never it's never been easier for me to move anywhere, which is always what I tell people when they ask about Nashville. It is amazing, no matter your industry. I mean, especially the music industry, but no matter what you do, how easy it is to meet common souls to meet people with things in common with you and to meet people who who love the things that you do and and sort of quickly fall into a very comfortable rhythm with them yeah i agree i agree and i had so many friends that had moved here Mm -hmm. from new york or la you know the the uh uh, the onslaught had started already before me you know of of all these um musicians that could play everything you know mm-hmm. and um those people are now some of the big session guys here you know so um and there's just so much music here obviously not now but um but live music i mean yeah um but uh it's it's just a very creative community um and people actually meet meet at starbucks and say hey to meet you we should get together and write and we actually do <laughs> rather than elsewhere right. i've been oh yeah we must get together man how cool you know yep, exactly and we don't you know yeah but this has been so great thank you so much you're very welcome and uh speak to you again soon i hope yes definitely thanks all righty okay bye 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 thanks for listening follow us on social media at nashville lifestyles on everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Nashville Lifestyles.